I really don't know where to begin with this because it's been so long since I've recorded anything. And part of me thinks now, since it's been so long, that if I don't record anything, if I continue to not record anything, that's almost better because no one will notice. Very few people will notice. Um, very few people have reached out to me, have continued to reach out being like, where's the podcast? What's going on? I feel like people have just assumed that it's over. Um, and I just want to address a few things because it's not over. It's just maybe paused. I'm not sure. Remember last episode, the last few episodes I've said, like, I have so many goals for this podcast. I want to interview people. I want to talk to different, like, you know, people in the wellness space, but not people who kind of use wellness as a gimmick to just kind of sell their own products, like people who actually have interesting things to say about how we can live better lives. Um, and I said, if I can't do that, then I don't want to do it at all. And then I have been very private with certain things that have been going on in my life because maybe I've been watching too much TikTok or I've been become too in tune with, let's call it spirituality, but I didn't want any of you bitches to evil eye me and I didn't want to announce anything before it, it was too soon. And even now, to be quite honest with you, it, it feels too soon to announce anything. Everything feels very unofficial, but I think also words are very powerful, so I don't want to say it's unofficial. Um, I know I'm going back and forth a lot here, but I'm I'm moving on Tuesday. It's Friday. It, that's in a few days. And it's been very last minute. Um, the reason for my move is that I got a new job in New Jersey. I'm working for my friend who I have kind of talked about on this podcast, but barely, I think really barely at all, maybe more last year and, and in 2021. Um, and maybe it seems completely unrelated to everything I've done on this show so far, but I think if you have followed my career for the last, I mean, honestly, like the last eight years, almost 10 years, I have been in the media space. I've wrote for XXL. I've been in A&R. I've been in kind of the hip hop culture space, believe it or not. I don't know how I weaseled my way in there, but I did, um, along with the food writing and stuff like that. So to me, this seems like a natural progression. Um, I'm working for academics, which I am really excited about. I don't know exactly like how it's going to go. I hope that, you know, everything <laughs> is great. Um, I've been his assistant for the last like month now, We've been like planning different things and stuff like that. And I'm moving to Jersey to continue doing that like more full time, more intensely. I got a place out there, um, which was very, it happened very fast. Uh, last week I went to go see places just so I could get like a feel for the different options, the different buildings, like just Jersey city in general, because I've been out there like to be at like the studio act studio before, but I've never been out there like just sort of to look around and kind of get a vibe for the place. I don't really know Jersey City very much at all. Um, when I lived in, in Manhattan, I never went over there hardly at all. So I went over there last week to go see different apartments and somehow the one that I liked the most, the one that I got the best deal on was available right away. So 
I am partially scared that that means there's something very wrong with the place because they gave me like a hundred dollars off a month. Um, they gave me a good deal on it and it was available right away, which is not typical of, of New York or Jersey city even. I mean, a lot of people actually want to live in Jersey city because it's a very easy commute to Manhattan. So like if you work in Manhattan, it's convenient and usually a little bit cheaper to live in Jersey city. But anyway, this place was available right away and it's a beautiful, beautiful apartment. I mean, it's pretty much a penthouse to be honest with you. It's on like a very high floor. Um, it has a view of Manhattan. It has a view of the Hudson. It has a view. I think you can even see the empire state no, not the Empire State Building. You can see the Empire State Building. I think you can see the Statue of Liberty even from the window. I can't remember exactly, but it's beautiful. There's this nice kitchen island. Like it's it's pretty much perfect for my daughter and I right now. And because it was available right away, I was like, if I take it right away, like, can I get like the a discount? Like he gave me the leasing agent pretty much gave me the the price that you would pay if you signed a 24 month lease because it's cheaper if you usually sign a 24 month lease for a 12 month lease, which is what I, which, which is, which is what I signed. Um, and so I get the keys on Tuesday and obviously that means that this podcast, as I have come to know it is, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it because my equipment is here in Atlanta and the irony is that I am going to be working around much more equipment. I'm setting up a whole second podcast studio. I'm going to be booking sessions. Like I have to get all of the, everything sorted for it. Um, so I'll be around a lot of, a lot of equipment and probably I'm not even going to know how to work half of it. I have to teach myself or learn. I don't know if I'm going to be recording my own podcast. I don't know if, I don't think Ak wants to be associated with this podcast, which is fine. I understand. Um, but I just wanted to send like one sort of not final update, but I've been meaning also to record something for the last few weeks. But every time I think about recording, I'm like, I would just, I just had this in my head. Like, I feel like I can't, I was like, I feel like I can't talk about what I'm working on, which is like the Ak assistant stuff. And then like, it just felt like I was withholding so much information anytime that I would like sit down to record anything. Plus, obviously, when you have a baby, um, it's just difficult in general to find time to do to sit down and record a podcast. How will I manage when I'm in New York, in New Jersey on my own with my baby? Great question. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have looked into daycares and they're very expensive and quite frankly I can't afford it right now because I just paid like a shit ton of money for my apartment like the deposit first month's rent you know how it is when you move into a new place like they rob you like they literally rob you so I had to pay a deposit first month's rent and then in a few a couple weeks I have to pay rent for May and I have to pay my prorated rent for April so I pretty much am sending them like 10 grand which is like the money that was in my bank account um so I will have to figure that out I'm not sure what it's going to look like. I know that Sunday will be coming with me to the studio sometimes, probably mostly when I'm able to go to the studio alone. Um, I'm not going to like have her interrupt like important interviews and stuff like that, obviously. And I think that we'll be able to figure out, you know, a schedule or just a way of working when there's a baby involved that makes sense. I, I have faith right now. I have an overarching sense of faith that, it's going to work out. And I'm not sure if that's motivated by the fact that like, I've been thinking a lot about, 
again, I've been watching a lot of TikTok. You guys know I always do. This is always uh, this is always a theme of every every episode. But if you have been spending, you know, on TikTok, you honestly can learn so much. I feel like that's part of the reason why they're trying to ban TikTok because we're learning too much on this shit. But there's on my for you page, the algorithm has figured out that I'm very much into like um, self improvement and like thinking about your future self. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about like my future self and I think, well, to be honest, it was Bethany Frankel that cemented this idea in my head recently (laughs) in a TikTok, but she was talking about, she's like, if you guys don't know Bethany Frankel, she was a real housewife of New York. She made her skinny bitch, uh, wine and, and vodka and salad dressings and whatever. She's annoying. She's an icon. We love her. Um, but she was talking about how she was broke in most of her twenties and thirties. And that is something that I could relate to so much. Like you guys know so much. This used to be called broke bitch anonymous. Like it's no secret that we are not rich. And I want to address that also, um, uh, that will put a pin in that, that we are not rich. Just put a pin in that idea. But she was talking about how she was broke for most of her twenties and thirties. And it wasn't until her late thirties that she started to finally find success. And she was like, the most important thing is that you keep moving forward, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. The most important thing is that you keep moving forward. Like she was like, I've had a job as I've been a waitress. I've been everything. Like I've, I've worked every shitty job. The most important thing is that you keep moving forward. Like if you're a worker, you work and you keep moving forward. And I know that term worker has been used kind of in a derogatory sense lately because everybody wants to be a CEO. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to work for themselves. Nobody wants a nine to five. But when you, as you get older, as you grow up, as you go into whatever career path you choose and you switch career paths as I've done and you run into roadblocks and you get fired and whatever path you're, you're making money takes you on in life, you will realize that there are people who are workers and there are people who are not workers. And maybe I'm not saying the people who are not workers are lazy. I think some of them absolutely are. Maybe some of them have this, you know, intense belief that money just flows to them and it always flows them and they never have to work for it and it works out for them and they have lucky girl syndrome and they're just always wealthy without having to work. Maybe some of them have rich parents. Maybe most of them have rich parents. Maybe some of them are just very beautiful and they, or they figured out what kind of beautiful they are and they've tapped into it and they have men giving them money all the time. I would argue that's still a form of work, but to make sure you have that kind of money coming in. But Regardless, there are workers and there are non-workers. And if you are a worker, which I think I am, I have always worked. I've always figured out a way to work it out, like to, to make money, to try and find some kind of success. I've never felt like I'm too good for any job. I mean, I've been like a stripper. I've been from like... I ended up as a stripper after having a college degree, after having like arguably a successful media career. Like I really, a lot of people would say I took a big L, but I didn't feel like I was too good for it. I just did it because I felt like at the time it was what I had to do to make my life better for future me. And and it did. But the point is, if you are a worker, which I am, and which I feel like a lot of people who listen to this podcast are, You just have to keep moving forward. And I feel like this move to New Jersey is the best option for right now, for me, for us, for my family, I guess, 
to be moving forward. Do I know exactly what it's going to lead to in the future? Fuck no. Do I do I have an idea of what I hope? Yes. Is there any way to, for me to guarantee how it works out? No, I don't know. Like all I know right now is that I'm spending a lot of money on an apartment and I'm making money too, but I'm not sure if it's going to be worth it. I hope that ultimately this ends up being an investment in myself, my future, my career, and that this is the beginning of like a long working relationship that, you know, this is just the beginning of something that lasts for a very long time. But I know that putting a lot of pressure on anything, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's anything, um, usually is a recipe for failure. You can't squeeze something and hope that it, you know, sticks with you. You have to kind of let things breathe and let things figure themselves out on their own as much as you can be intentional about your actions. Um, So I don't know, but that's what's happening and it's happening very soon. So I probably will not be recording an episode of this podcast for I don't know how long, but it's definitely not going to be every week. If for some reason I'm able to use the studio that I'm going to be working on to record this shit, then that's going to be really cool because we'll have video and maybe that will be chapter four of this podcast. Um, But I don't know. And until then... God, now suddenly it's all serious. I don't know. Actually, there were a few things I wanted to talk about. And maybe I'll leave it there on the few things I wanted to talk about. Because I know I've talked a lot about success or lack of success, you know, on this show for the last year and a half, really, since I've been doing it. One sec, I need to take a sip of cold brew because um, I've just been drinking a lot of cold brew lately. One sec. And I've had terrible anxiety, but I just keep drinking more and more cold brew, which I know is making it worse, but it's fine. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about (laughs) speaking about wealth is, well, also like Instagram in general, um, every time I think you get a new job or you make, have any sort of life transition, if you are of the generation that I am of, like you're kind of a millennial, whatever we grew up with Instagram. It is kind of the front page of our lives. I would argue for a lot of us whose brains are as broken as mine. And usually, especially if you're, I feel like this is a woman thing, but it's also a guy thing. Um, but social media in general is like more for women. I feel so we're going to keep it to me and women. I feel like when you have a big life change, you usually like, we are just used to announcing things on Instagram or using our Instagram to be a reflection of whatever it is that we're doing or have going on, whether it's like you got married, you got a new job, you had a kid, whatever. I would argue even more so now that Instagram is kind of dying, which I think it is like versus TikTok. Normal people, unless you're an influencer, normal people only really post on Instagram when they have like a really big life change. Again, marriage, kids, new job, it's a holiday, some shit like that. Um, most people are not just like posting on Instagram when it comes to their day-to-day lives like we were in 2014 because that is just cringy and embarrassing now. Should it be cringy and embarrassing? No, you should do it if you want to do it and you want to be an influencer or that's just what you enjoy doing. But I think most people see Instagram over posting on Instagram as that. Anyway, I have been thinking recently, um, 
I've been reaching out to certain people like for things that related to my new job. And I feel like people look at my Instagram and they think I'm literally lying about my job. Like they think I'm just like some random hoe who's like, I work for academics. And like, I don't like, they think they think I'm fully lying. Um, and I'm verified. So I'm like, does that help? But then I realized, I think people think now that like I paid for my blue check, just like everybody else lately has become verified. So it really means nothing. And so that's embarrassing in itself. Somebody reached out to me and they told me they don't think that you paid for your blue check because when you pay for it now, your full government name ends up in your bio, which is hilarious. Um, And mine isn't because I got verified in 2020. Not that it really, really matters. However, before I got verified, my Instagram name used to be my government name. Like my handle was Claudia McNeely because that was like whatever, like that was my name as a writer. Like that's just what I went with. I don't know. Like I wasn't cool. I was just like, fuck it. Let's just do the government name. That's always what I've used. And then when I started dabbling in like music writing and wanting to be like taken more seriously as like a and r which like obviously didn't work out (laughs) well let's not say obviously it didn't work out at the time i also didn't really i don't think i even really wanted it to work out but like when i kind of started dabbling in that i started to think like okay i don't want to be known as claudia mcneely anymore because like that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue the name doesn't exactly roll off the tongue this was in 2020 it was covid too i think so it was like we all had a lot of time to like think about everything we've ever done in our lives right So I'm like, I like the initial CM. I feel like that's what I'm known for. So I'm like, let me just maybe like tweak a last name that isn't McNeely because that's just like such a tongueful. And frankly, I have very little emotional attachment to my last name as is. Like my dad passed away when I was 18, God rest his soul. But he was really the only McNeely that I like felt like was family. His side of the family is, I mean, they were all over the place growing up. They lived in Australia. They lived in um, London, they lived in Scotland, they lived everywhere. So I didn't even see them very much. But, uh, the one family that we did see on my dad's side, they lived in Ontario and they were just like, we never eh, family drama, whatever. But like, I never had that much of an attachment to them. I don't think I really love them. Like they're just kind of random people to me. Um, and now that my dad has been gone for going on 13 years, I have very little attachment to the people who I share a last name with. And I have very little attachment to the last name, to be completely honest with you. I almost wish I got my mom's last name, but, um, draw and I, I wasn't getting married or anything. So it's not like I could take another last name. So dropping McNeely from my public persona and choosing something else felt like a natural progression. It felt fine. It felt like a a positive rebranding. And at the time I had a friend who she had tweaked her last name to something that I won't say what what it is because then you'll know who I'm talking about. But it was like something similar to like something that emulated kind of success and flashiness and, and just luxury. And it worked really well for her. She's like, it just sounds so much better. It's so much better. So I wanted to pick something similar to that that started with an M. So I went with millions. Now, this was in 2020. Again, I was 27 years old, um, going on 28. And I thought that I would easily step into millions as soon as I changed my name to Claudia Millions. I thought, give me a couple more years and baby, their millions are coming. Like I am going to be a millionaire in the next couple of years. Claudia Millions will not be an embarrassing name. It's going to be something that makes sense for me because I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be a millionaire. 
arguably being a millionaire now isn't even really being that rich, but like, that's why I pluralized it. Like millions, like I will be this person. Millions will make sense to have in my name, period. End of story. Now, fast forward to 2023. I'm not a millionaire. Um, I'm not a multimillionaire. And this name, Claudia Millions, I hate so much. I really hate it. But I worry that I can't change it on Instagram because then I'll, I will lose my blue check and then I'll have to be one of those dwe- like a dweeb who pays for their blue check. I'm not going to do that either. But I feel like I got verified because of my writing work, which was very like I did a lot from like 2015 to 2020 and then I got verified in 2020. But from 2020 to 2023, they're not going to verify like a fucking stripper. They're not going to like I don't know if I would get verified now. I got verified from the past, you know, like just I'm being completely honest with myself. So if I change my handle, I feel like it's going to come up on like the Instagram I don't know, back page, whoever's running it. And they're going to look like, who the fuck is Claudia McNeely or millions? Like, fuck that. I'm not, she's unverified. So I can't change it now. But what I've found is like, I feel like every time I look at the name, it's a reminder that I'm not a millionaire. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I came across this idea recently. And it's an idea that's supposed to help you become more successful. The idea is, Act like you are an embarrassed millionaire. Act like you are a millionaire that has temporarily fallen from grace. And you will start to conduct yourself as somebody who actually is a millionaire. And the idea is that your habits will catch up to who you are in the physical world. And your likelihood of becoming a millionaire is much higher. It's pretty much like Manifestation 101 you know, pretend to be who you want to be and then you will become that person. Believe that it's all going to work out and then it will. And if we're going to take it even further, which a lot of people do, and some would argue that this is very unhealthy and borderline mentally ill, but there's even manifestation coaches that literally tell you like, stop reacting to the physical 3D world because it's not real. Everything that is real, like, already exist in our minds. Every possibility could happen. Do not react to the 3D physical world in front of you because that will like acknowledge that that situation. How am I even, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. There's literally people who say like, don't react to shit that's actually happening in front of you. Imagine exactly how you want it to go and only react to things as they happen. Like you want them to. Don't react to anything else. Anything else, if it's happening in front of you and you don't like it, laugh at it. They literally say that. And that might work for people, but it's also arguably if you went to the loony bin and said, I don't react to things that happen in the real world. I'm living in my head of the perfect scenarios and I'm only reacting to those. They would say you're fucking insane and they would give you crazy pills. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. But the basic idea, the foundation of the idea is like speak things into existence, believe that it's going to work out and it will. And so here I am three years later with this name that was supposed to speak things into existence. But instead, I feel like I am stuck in this perpetual state of being an embarrassed millionaire, a millionaire that has fallen from grace. Who has fucking millions in their name and they're not a millionaire? And I mean, not to be too dramatic because I'm 31. And while we're very used to, I think, seeing very young people reach very high levels of success, 
um, mostly through the internet, which is great that like 18 year, I mean, I don't know if it's great, but like, it's cool that like people who are 18, 21 are making millions of dollars, like good for them. If I was making millions of dollars when I was 21, I would be dead, but good for them. But on a more traditional trajectory of wealth, when you're 31, you, it's okay if you don't have millions of dollars yet. It's okay. Like if you don't have any debt, that's great. Like there's other measures of wealth that, that I think, not to say they're more realistic, but you don't have to beat yourself up over not being a millionaire at 31 as much as some people are. And that's great for them. If you didn't make it onto Forbes 30 under 30, as I did not, you're not a doomed failure for life is all I'm trying to say. You, there's still hope for you yet. Like 31 is not that old as much as people might want you to believe that it is. But I do feel, and this might be stupid because it's an Instagram name, who cares? I do feel this mounting pressure to achieve this goal of millions in my lifetime, if only because I made that my fucking name, bro. Like, you can't be called Claudia Millions and then you're broke your whole life. And yes, I can say like some stupid shit, not stupid, but like I can be like, well, I'm rich in family, I'm rich in love, I'm rich in spirit. And that's all true, but I just feel like it's so embarrassing to be called, to call yourself millions and not have millions. And like, it's all catching up with me now. And I don't really know why I'm saying all of this. I don't know if it's useful to think of yourself as an embarrassed millionaire, as a millionaire who's temporary, temporarily fallen from grace and who will soon recover you know, your enormous fortune. I hope it is because intentionally or not, that's what I have done. And I feel like every time I log into Instagram, I am for better or worse, an embarrassed non-millionaire. I will say there is something called Hebb's law where your brain basically becomes hardwired to the thoughts that you have repetitively. Um, I'm not sure if calling yourself a millionaire repetitively will do the trick because it might just remind you that you are not in fact a millionaire. But the idea behind it is like nerve cells that fire together, wire together. So whatever thoughts you're thinking all the time, you are eventually going to hardwire your brain into a very finite signature of those thoughts. And that can obviously be very beneficial, but also very detrimental because if you're always more or less having your brain fire in survival mode, always being on super high alert of anything that could go wrong. Your brain is going to get stuck in that pattern. And some might argue that it is going to increase the likelihood of things going wrong. And once your brain becomes stuck in a pattern like that, it's very hard, I think, to untangle that hardwiring. I have been trying to untangle my own negative hardwiring for a while. Even with this new job, I have a literal pit of anxiety in my stomach that like something will happen that will prevent this from happening, even though it's already happening. Like I'm just so used to being on high alert about every little thing, like since childhood that I notice everything and I'm always prepared for something to go wrong and I don't want that to be the case anymore. I, I want to be prepared for things to go right. Like, why why should you be prepared for things to go wrong all the time when they could just as easily go right? Like, it's, it's not easy to find success in whatever way you're looking for it. But you might as well assume that things will work out for you instead of assuming that they won't. Because it takes the same amount of energy. Arguably, it takes less energy to assume things will work out because 
then you have less to worry about. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately. Um, I've also been using the last few weeks to preemptively recover from being a single mom, if that makes any sense. I think when you are a single parent, especially a single mother, I think, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a dad, so I really, I guess I really can't speak to it, but there are obviously so many sacrifices that you need to make, obviously, but it's really day-to-day things that I think add up and have the most wear and tear on you as a person. Like for me, it sounds really simple, but if I miss my workout, like if I miss a workout more than like a couple times in a row, um, I just start to feel kind of like blah. I start to feel gross. I start to not feel like myself. Like I don't look as good as I could. I start to be not as confident. My mind starts to feel not as sharp. If I don't sleep enough, same thing. You, I just start to not feel like myself and in parenthood, but especially when you are a single mother, these things really add up. Like it's very difficult to find time to work out when you are the only person who can take care of your baby. It is difficult to sleep through the night because your baby's waking up and they need to feed and you're the only person who can, they need to eat and you're the only person who can feed them. Um, it's hard to eat balanced meals because you're always feeding somebody else and, you know, going to the grocery store, buying a bunch of healthy food, meal prepping it, whatever. All of these things are possible. And I have been still doing all of them. I've still been working out. I've still been eating healthy. I've still been trying to get as much sleep as I can, but they are much more difficult. And the reason why I've still been able to do them up until this point is because my mom has been here with me and I've been I I acknowledge how lucky I've been to have her with me up until this point because she's leaving actually tomorrow. One of the reasons I wanted to record this shit today, but after she leaves and we move to New Jersey, like I know that it's going to be much harder for me and I'm going to try my best to stick to my routine as selfish as it might sound. I think you have to be selfish in motherhood to take care of yourself so you can take care of your kid. But I have been trying to like preemptively recover from that by taking even more time for myself lately, giving the baby to my mom even more lately so I can really work out so I can like do the things that I may not be able to do now and in the near future. It's like I'm preemptively trying to undo the damage that's about to come. I mean, hopefully it's not that bad. Hopefully it's better than I think it's going to be. Maybe the fact that I have low expectations, um, like not low expectations, but like I'm prepared for it being difficult will make it easier. Hopefully. I mean, that's stupid. I should just assume the best or hope for the best. Like I just said I would five minutes ago. But anyway, I think part of the reason why I'm scared about losing this routine that I have built up in Atlanta over the last few months. And I am a little bit hesitant now to transition into being the only and primary caretaker of my daughter working full time and still trying to work out and do all these things to take care of myself. I guess, well, partially because I'm a single mom and even if I was married or in a relationship, I don't think I would let myself go. I just don't think that that's in my character. But when you are like what, as a single mom, I want to get married. I want to have more kids. I want to do all of these things. And just being realistic, like I'm not going to be in the relationship I want to be in or attract the person that I want to attract. If I'm just like 
if I've completely given up on myself, like it's, it's just not going to happen that way. Like men, unfortunately, like they don't just love you for you, especially when you first meet them, you have to like maintain some level of being attractive. And I know that that's not really what this whole podcast is about, but I just feel like I don't even really want a date to be honest. Like I haven't been on a date in over a year. (laughs) Um, I just feel like my next relationship, not even, I feel like I know not to put too much pressure on it, but like, I just have this sense that my next relationship will be my last. Like I just, I'm not interested in anything. If it doesn't feel like it's my last relationship, I just, I don't know how they're going to find me. I hope they do, but without putting myself out there too much, I just want to maintain some version of myself that feels good, that looks good, that is confident, that's like functioning at my highest level so that I can be in the relationship, find the relationship that will be my last. And as much as before, I used to kind of brush off relationships as things that, not not brush them off, but like relationships when you don't have a kid, they're always just about you. Like it's about you and the person that you're dating or the person that you love or whatever. But when you have a kid, it just changes everything so much. Like I don't just want a relationship for me. I want a relationship so my daughter can see what a like functioning family structure looks like so that there is a positive male figure in the home so that there's like, it's so much deeper and more important once you have a child to have a healthy relationship that like it almost doesn't even feel like it's about me anymore. I mean, it's not really about me anymore. And that's really one of the biggest silver linings in this whole situation, I think. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, I hope that this is what we can all walk away with. This one piece of hopefully wisdom is like for so long, I made the mistake and I hate that I made this mistake, but I equated being sad or struggling as something that made you interesting. And maybe it does. Like stories of struggle that turn into triumph, that's like the American dream. Like you struggle and then you succeed. That's every every heroic story, every rap song, every anything compelling it starts with struggle and it ends with success. That's why like every rich kid wants to hide the fact that they have rich parents and make it seem like they did it on their own because it's just so, so much more compelling that way. Nobody wants to be the person who was just given everything in life. I mean, you do in the moment because it's much easier, but when you zoom out of your life, you want to be the person who came from nothing, who struggled and who made it. And you have a story to tell and you have a life that you've lived, but struggling, there is no reward for it. There is no reward for struggling. Even being interesting in itself is not a reward unless that's what you want your life to be. Like, I've been thinking a lot lately about like, what is the point of my life? Like, what do I want at the end of the day? Like if there's a roadmap that I could just follow exactly, what is the end goal? 
And I think for the longest time, I just wanted an interesting life. I wanted an authentic life. I wanted something that wasn't like some cookie cutter version of life with, you know, a family and everything was easy and perfect. I don't know why, maybe because there's something deeply broken in me. But since I was a kid, like I just all, since I was a teenager, I wanted an interesting life more than I wanted something that was perfect. And I've gotten exactly that. I've gotten a very interesting life, but I can tell you now at 31, there is no reward for interesting. There is no reward for struggle. The only reward is if you monetize it into like, I guess a podcast or a book or something like that. But there is no check at the end of struggle. There's no check at the end of interesting. And when you're in the middle of that struggle and that sadness, words are very powerful. (laughs) And if you keep telling yourself that like you're this underdog, that things are hard for you, that you have all these chips on your shoulder, that you're sad, that you are the one who has to struggle to make it, that you have to work so hard. You will become that person who has to work so much harder than other people. And I can say that. I hope this makes sense, but I can say that because that's who I have been for so long. And finally now, I hope this move just cements what I'm saying further, but I am just letting go of all of that shit because as much as, you know, in the beginning we talked about you're either a worker or you're not, and I am, and I will always work hard. I do not want to think of myself as the underdog anymore. I do not want to think of myself as somebody who thinks that being sad gives you some kind of special certificate, uh, that struggling is some kind of reward. It's not. And when I look at the younger generation now through TikTok, honestly, and I see these like 20 year olds being like, I don't want to struggle. I'm good. Like they're not interested in being interesting. They just want to have an easy life. I'm like, good for you. Like I'm literally applauding them because they get it in a way that I did not get it. And it's not better or worse. We're just going to have two very different life experiences. But I can honestly say now at 31, my main takeaway My grand conclusion is that there's no reward for struggling. There never will be. The only reward is a story you get to tell. And life is interesting in itself. You'll always have some kind of story to tell. I mean, I don't know. There's there's no reward, really. Yes, sometimes struggle is where you find growth. But... I'm at a point in my life now where I just don't want to struggle anymore. I want to have an easy life. I mean, easy in the sense of things, feeling like I'm worthy of things and deserving of things and them just coming to me. Like I've, I feel like I've paid my dues. I have struggled enough. I am good. And it's complicated when you have kids too, because you think like, I don't want my daughter to have to do any of the things I had to do. I want her to have a life that is much more set up and also a mindset that is much more confident than I ever had. And I'm not nearly rich enough to have to think like, oh, I don't want my daughter to be entitled and have everything given to her. Like she's still going to have to work for now. I mean, I don't know what, how it's going to look in the future. Maybe I'll marry a billionaire, but, or I will. Um, but the baseline foundations of life are already hard. Seeing struggle as some kind of extracurricular reward situation is just not worth it. And so that's that. It feels so dramatic to be like, it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. (laughs) But it's not. It's really not. Um, I don't think I could ever stop talking. So one way or another, I'm going to continue this. I'm just not sure what it's going to look like yet. So I will talk to you guys soon.
I love you. Good night.